Well, howdy there, dead and lovely listeners. It's a brand new mini-sode installment of the show featuring your boy, UB, as I'm known, Uncle Ben to others. And I'm joined today by my lovely leading lady co-host. Who's that girl? It's Dante Kate. Woo! It's that girl who was running my Instagram page just with all the hot takes and stuff while I was out on that big old broat called Shiprocked. Man, you riled them up, didn't you? Uh, people really like Les Paul. Uh, yeah, because they're the fucking greatest. <laughs> Les Pauls are fucking awesome, and they're great guitars, especially gold top ones. You think they would look better? They look amazing. They're hideous. I think that that post is going to live in my Instagram feed forever. Because are people still commenting? Yes, people are still commenting. <laughs> and people are also still not reading it, being like, Ben, I thought you liked Les Pauls. It has your name all over the fucking thing. I know, and I made really, really certain that I even said, like, Ben loves this guitar. Ben plays this guitar. <laughs> I know. Do I speak in the third person very often? Is this something that happens? I don't know. You're going to get me in trouble with Gibson. You're going to get me in trouble with everybody, girl. Just tell them to call me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'll help. I, uh, <laughs> that'll definitely help. I got no problem telling people to fuck off. Nah, clearly. Clearly. <laughs> And we are here today to be talking about a movie, what we just watched over at Central Cinema in Knoxville, Tennessee, the greatest local cinema theater rig that we have in our parts. We just watched an infinity pool by one Barnden Karnenberg. Did we not? I keep wanting to call it infinity loop. It would kind of make sense in a way. Well, I think that's why it's called infinity pool. You might be right. Could be that. And we are here to give you guys our first impressions, a spoiler-free review at first, although that's going to be kind of short. Man, it's going to be like three minutes. Yep. And then we're going to get spoilery after that. This is one of those movies that I went into completely blind. You knew a little you bit, knew right? nothing. I mean, I'd watch the trailer, but the trailer was just like a bunch of cool images, and it was like, oh, Skarsgård and Mia Goth, cool. You watched the teaser trailer. I must have, yeah. I watched the two-minute trailer, and... It gave me the premise of the movie. I seen the single wide trailer. You watched the double wide trailer. It's you palatial. Triple. You might have had a triple wide with an above ground pool. It really gave you a lot. I just had the single wide. It was on blocks. I hadn't even got the, 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 the underpinnings and stuff set up yet. So I went in knowing nothing. I enjoyed the movie for that. So don't let us spoil it for you. I would say, right? I mean, even if, like, I. I knew the premise from watching the theatrical trailer, and I still really enjoyed it. I also knew what I was expecting. I like where Alexander Skarsgård is going, and I think he is... If I had gone into this movie not knowing the premise of this, I would have been kind of confused because... This is not a movie I would have picked out for him where he is in his career at this point. It's kind of an unusual role for him. I mean, I think the last thing that we saw him in was like The Northmen, where he was like super powerful fucking Viking warlord. And his character in this is, let's say, a little different from that. Quite a bit. A little bit. Um, I knew going into this that, yeah, it had Mia Goth, who has been hitting home runs as far as I'm concerned. It had uh, old Skarsgård in there, who again... Total hunk. He does a lot of good stuff, so I was excited about that. And I, I do knew, like looking at that man. Well, I think that a lot of people do. I think that's very natural. And I knew that it was directed by old Brandon Cronenberg there. So 
I figured that it would be really normal. And you know what? It's a really normal movie. There's something about those Cronenbergs. They just produce digestible, normal, um, not not soppy and moist or squishy movies. Everything is very, very just standard issue, isn't it? That's just what they do. It's a family tradition. It's a wet Cronenberg or it's a dry Cronenberg. That's the rules. This is this is a pretty damp Cronenberg movie. I'm I'm big. You know what? I'm not going to say that because I have not seen Possessor, and I think he's made another one before Possessor, right? I cannot remember. I feel like that was maybe his first one. I might be wrong about that, but I still haven't seen it. And I, I wish that I would have. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I've heard the special effects and stuff are crazy. I would say maybe Cronenberg Jr. is doing druggy Cronenberg. Maybe. But Could like, be. I've not seen Possessor, so that's probably not fair. All right. All right. This movie was pretty fucking bonkers. It was... So strange. Again, I didn't know what I was getting into. You definitely need to pay attention. You got to pay some attention to it. It's uh, it's not like a riveting, like fucking, you know, slasher or something like that. It's not really that kind of horror movie. It is definitely in the Cronenberg vein. It is very kind of slow burn and psychological and pressure cookie and... Trippy. Trippy. Oh, man, there's some trippy shit in here. I will say the cinematography in this movie is so good, I actually found myself getting distracted and yeah. pulled out of the movie because I was so fascinated by the camera work. It is hella gorgeous. It is a really cool-looking movie. The soundtrack also really just suits it perfectly. I didn't catch who did the soundtrack, but... Man, talk about somebody who really got it right. Talk and entertain these kids. All the yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Maybe Fuzzbead will intercept there and find this for us. There's all kinds of just like really simple like synth pads and really eerie stuff. Some of it was kind of Blade Runner-y to me with just some of those big soft synths and everything. Uh, and it got chaotic when it needed to get chaotic. I thought that it was a pretty fucking great soundtrack for this flick. Again, one of those movies where... The cinematography, the soundtrack, the imagery, everything works together pretty damn well to me. The composer was Tim Hecker. Hecker. And he's done a lot of stuff, a lot of foreign stuff especially. Mm -hmm. Nothing that's standing out to me is something you would have seen. The one that I know best is some of the music in Atlanta, but you've not watched that yet. I haven't watched that yet. Hecker, I barely know her. (laughs) Oh... I kill me. Somebody, Somebody has to. to. Somebody's got to. <laughs> so, yeah, again, it's one of those movies I, I can't really say too terribly much about spoiler-free because the premise of the movie is really whacked out. Well, I mean, the trailer I saw kind of told you. I mean, you can say, like, it opens up with this attractive, obviously wealthy couple at a very expensive-looking foreign resort. Yeah, fancy people. On what turns out to be a fictional island because it was driving both of us crazy throughout the movie. Of Like, where is this? Where is this located? I'm like, I don't know if this is an actual place. I've never heard of it. It doesn't sound familiar. There's a lot of juxtapositions in the architecture and the landscape. It was weird. I like that they kept it I, indeterminate like that. Well, and I looked it up on the way home, and it, it is a fictional island. I think that's cool. cool. Yeah. like it, And that gives you a lot of room to play, too. Uh, there's room to play under this table we're recording on, which is what these puppy dogs are doing right now. You might hear some, some growling and tugging of war going on if these mics pick it up. I don't know that they will or not, but 
I think they're fixing to get just straight up trill wicked underneath this table. They're adorable. Yeah, they've been left alone a little while, so they want to put on a little show for us since we're home. Little rascals. Yeah, but I like that they did keep the the location extremely ambiguous and strange. The era was also kind of ambiguous too. Like there was there was like one part where somebody used a cell phone. No, there were cell phones throughout it because yeah, like the redhead the at one. one point was filming it. He was using a cell phone the whole time to, you know, check in and hmm. call people. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, so I guess he did make a few it, calls, It's contemporary. But, oh, and yeah, at one me. point we saw the date on his plane ticket. It was 2018. Apparently. That was just kind of a random reveal at the end that the whole thing has been 2018, I guess. I think they did that so they didn't have to, like, do pandemic era Dude, bullshit. I know, right? That's something <laughs> I've thought about where... You know, you're just going to have to place movies before the pandemic. That way you don't even have to address it or deal with it or explain anything away or set it in an alternate reality where COVID never happened. Like, God, this is going to be a real thing in movie making for fucking sure. Oh, at least for a decade. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Even Glass Onion, they were like, here's the mask. No, Let's we don't deal have with the mask. It. Right. Yeah. Oh, temporary vaccine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they explained it away in that. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah, they set it in this really ambiguous place that turns out to not even be a real place. And I think that's, I think that's pretty rad. I like that they did it this way, especially because it has a little bit of an angle of, um, let's just say a little sci-fi angle that isn't possible right now. So you don't really want to attach that to any particular nation that would have this crazy technology that would allow this thing to happen. There's also a bit of like fascism in fair inference. I guess. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Seems to be a, a pretty um, iron-fisted government that runs the place. Yeah. So you you probably don't want to do that. Like, you don't want to go into a country and be like, hey, we're going to film on location here. Make your country look all bad and authoritarian. Y- y'all look like shit. Can't really do that. Um, a- again, I'm struggling to think of things that we can really talk about this that are spoiler-free. Let's kind of stick to some basics and stuff. Acting. How do you feel about it? Fantastic. No actually, complaints. I'm a giant Alexander Skarsgård fan. What a hunk. Mostly because he's so pretty. Woo. Um, he, he has a permanent spot on my list. I get it. That's he, a freebie, you know? He, if that if that position, you know, just ever arose. All positions. Oh, oh, my Lord. Oh, my heavens. Posi- like, oh, my goodness gracious. I, I would give you a free pass on that one. I, I couldn't I couldn't get mad at you. I appreciate that, baby. Well, Thank you. It's just, you know. But it's. I, I've been a fan of him since we watched True Blood, which I guess was in its... Suki! Suki! That was Bill. Suki! Oh, Suki! <laughs> Who was not attractive. No. Suki! <laughs> but that's when I saw him and like paid attention to him for the first time. And then we've seen him in a bunch of other things since then. Yeah. But he's never really impressed me with his acting. Because like, even in The Northman, he was still pretty stoic. It's fairly easy to play stoic and this one it's a wide range and i was yeah he, he really impressed me with his acting yeah this is probably now that you mention it probably the widest range of things that we've seen from him because you're right in uh true blood he just kind of played like the malfoy that took his vitamins and went to pe every period at hogwarts uh and you're right the northman he's just like fucking brutal ass you know yeah. stoic viking um and, and other roles that he's done have been kind of one-dimensional, I suppose, although he's done them well. But in this flick, yeah, we do get to see him being kind of pathetic. We get to see him in full rage-out Hulk mode, uh, desperation, just 
emotional damage mode. <laughs> he oh, kind of yeah. goes through a lot of shit in this. It does a really good job, and, and so does everybody else. Dude, Mia Goth also, different side of her than I've seen so far. I, I can't wait to see her play a normal person. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, she, I think Suspiria is the most normal thing she's ever done. She, and that's yeah, weird as shit. It's true. Suspiria is the most normal character I've ever seen her in. And it ain't normal. I love that movie, though. I love that movie. It's great. She's amazing. Yeah. Like, she, seriously, like, even, you know, we saw her in... Uh, she's born in 93, so she's nine oh, years younger than no. us. So she's, what, 20, 29? She's still in her 20s. God damn it. When did people start <laughs> getting so fucking young all the time? Quit being all young, everybody out there. Shit. Grow up. Get on our level, you know? Um, so, yeah, she she's amazing. I mean, we saw her in X and Pearl, of course, last year, which were two of our favorite flicks. Of 2022, and her role in this, <laughs> Darla's over here sniffing the mic. Like, what does that do? <laughs> I her role like, in this is completely different. Yeah, I didn't like Pearl as much as some people did. I did love Pearl. I liked it, yeah. Especially because I grew up watching reruns on TCM, and so, like, a lot of that golden age Hollywood. Like, I really watched tons of that stuff on summer vacation throughout my childhood. And that movie totally aped it. Oh, yeah, and it does a great job. But I wasn't... That's not a movie I'm looking forward to, like, watching over and over and over, whereas X, I've already seen X three times. Oh, yeah, and it fucking rules. I love yeah. that movie. And her her character in this does so many things, where she gets to be, like, mysterious and alluring and then... Fucking obnoxious and annoying as shit in this movie. There's so many parts in this movie in the later part of it where I was just getting I wanted to so irritated by her character. I was like, shut the fuck up. But again, it's very effective acting on her part. Like these are things I've never seen her do, and she does them exceptionally fucking well. She's and that amazing. Fucking accent. What the fuck was up with that? It, like it I don't know if it was deliberately bad or bad, and then they explained it away with like, oh, I was born in London, I lived in Paris, now we live in Austria, and I, I go to L.A. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it was like a Brad Pitt situation where she's bad. At accent? So she just kind of did a nothing accent? I don't know. Right. I thought she did great. Yeah, Darla's just getting real curious about this microphone over here. She's like, tell me about a podcast. What's this do? I want to say my piece about it. The people left me alone. I was eating my dinner. Turned around and she was alone. They were gone. Bless. I bet she was not really a fan of this movie. Took the people away too long, she says. Oh, little Darla and her abandonment issues. Bless her heart. You know she's a bigger distraction to you than to anybody listening. It's fine. They love hearing about that doggies. Uh, but her accent and stuff in this is crazy. And she does a lot of range because she is a... Bonkers. Uh, yeah, yeah, again, no spoilers or anything, but... She's a crazy person in this movie. The thing is, I have ran into people like her. Yeah. More than one. Yeah. And it's, she's as crazy as her character is, it's still a realistic person. Yeah. That person exists out in the world. That and person awful exists out there. And exhausting. Oh, yeah. And there's a bunch of other actors in the movie that I, I kind of recognize from other stuff. So that was, I, I thought about looking everybody up because, like, Half the cast, I was like, oh, I recognize her. Oh, I recognize him. Oh, I know them from something. Something, but yeah. I don't know their names, and I couldn't tell you what I know them from immediately. Yeah, same. 
Uh, so I'm sure I'll probably go through their IMDb's later and be like, oh yeah, of course I saw him in this and this and this. But I think everybody did a, a great job. Like there was some very challenging, very weird ideas explored in this, and I thought everybody pulled it off pretty fucking well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, special effects. There was some very fucking strange stuff. Very Cronenberg stuff in this movie. So. But light, like, light I don't, body I don't horror. know his stuff, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely see dad's influence in it. A little bit. A little bit. I'd say a lot. A lot of bit. A lot of bit. And it's done well. The editing and stuff, I think, is a special effect in itself. Some of the really trippy parts of the movie oh, are God, edited yeah. insanely well. Well, that's part of what I was saying with the cinematography being so good is it, it was so good it was distracting. Because yeah. I wanted to, like, hit pause and be like, how long did it take them to get this one second of film? Because it's shot so perfectly, but you have to be so... Like, well, like, some... And this is not really a spoiler alert, but, like, some of them are, like, silhouettes. Yeah. And they're moving within their silhouette. And objectively, as somebody who's used to being behind a camera, I know how difficult it is to get to some of those angles. Right. And so watching this and watching them move around and it still looks so good, it pulled me out of the movie because I was so impressed with the camera work. Yeah. The, the technical achievement of some of the shots in this is and pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. And there's like all kinds of stuff where I would really like to know how, um, and, and again, I don't think this really reveals anything, but there's some like weird trippy moments in the movie. Like, I would love to know if all that weird lighting and colors and stuff, like if any of that was natural or if these are like filters and stuff that were applied in post. I would like to know more about how they did some of that stuff. Like, maybe it was gels on the lights. Like, I don't know what the fuck they were doing. Offhand, I would say it's a combo. A little bit of this, a little bit of that could yeah. be going on here. But is it extremely effective and really, really fucking strange? This movie just left me feeling weird. Overall, I would definitely put it in the psychological thriller slash horror category, depending on what your level of like blood is. Yeah. And there's a little bit. There's a little bit of gore and stuff in here. There's some very, again, just very Cronenbergy, just very fucking strange moments of gore in this. It's not like a splatter fest or anything, but. I would not call it a gory movie, but. But there's stuff in here that made me squirm a little bit. You you get squirmy with body horror. Fluids. There's just fluids sometimes. Sometimes there's fluids, okay? There's, life has fluids. I think this movie contains all the fluids. All the major fluids. Masculine fluids. All the major masculine fluids. <laughs> Are we spoiling I'll the leave movie it at that. <laughs> you know, I'll leave it at that. You'll know what you're getting into when you watch it. All the major masculine fluids. Let's just... Put a pin in that right there, you know? I mean, there's a there's a pretty strong feminine fluid. Yeah. <laughs> Your face is all scratched up. Made me feel weird. <laughs> Made me feel the weird feelings. I don't really have a lot of complaints about this movie. I mean, it doesn't really make me feel good. A lot of times when I crawl into a movie theater, I'm like Halle Berry in Monsters Ball. Oh, it didn't make me feel good. Don't you make me feel good? So this didn't really make me feel good exactly, but I don't think it's supposed to. I, mm, yeah, I liked it a lot. I think it could lose about 10 minutes. 
Maybe it's like an hour 58. Yeah, I like I don't want to cut a whole lot out of it, but I feel like maybe we could cut about 10 minutes throughout. Yeah. And, and it wouldn't okay. it wouldn't make that much of a difference to me if it yeah. was like a little shorter. Like I still think you would get all the tension and psychological weirdness uh, that is required for this particular story. You could probably do that and get out of the theater in less than an hour forty five. Yeah, I think. I think you can. Yeah, that's about my only complaint. But even at that, like I didn't feel like it was like dragging or anything. But no, because there have been movies that were. We watched one for the show recently. Yeah, and it was like, get on with it already. And Come it on. It was only like a 90-minute movie or something. Still felt long. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm done. Uh, if I can, so I married an axe murderer, dude. Like, that was like an hour and a half, and it just felt oh, Man, Steve and Emily. Slow. I'd never watched that movie. I thought I had. Had not. Hated it. It's not that <laughs> I really good. I was it. shocked. I really went into it thinking that I was going to love that movie. Yeah. Well, 90s SNL cast. Like, yeah. when you asked me about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, Michael Myers, 90s, blah, blah, I thought blah. you had, like, yeah. I was certain I had seen it. Turns out I'd only seen the ending, like, five times. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe a little bit of trimming up could have been done here. But otherwise, I don't really have a lot of complaints about it. You ready to get spoilery on it? Yeah. Let's spoil I'm some af- shit. I'm afraid to talk about it. Meow, 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 meow. Look out, spoilers ahead. We're gonna ruin some stuff for you. Uh, again, I think it's cool. Like Spoilers. if you like, if you like Cronenberg stuff, if you like weird, trippy, uh, I'd say even stuff getting into like uh, what's it called, Beyond the Black Rainbow and Mandy and like weird slow burn, make you feel strange kind if of you stuff. Like you probably Mandy, like you'll it. like this movie. I think so because Mandy is longer and weirder and slower and slower. Yeah. And I love Mandy. I love Mandy. So fucking awesome. I like Mandy better than this movie. Yeah. They're, again, they're pretty different, but that's just, you know, kind of a, but if a you kissing like, cousin. Yeah, if you like Mandy, you'll like this movie. I think At so. least enough to watch it. Probably. If you like Cronenberg stuff, you'll probably dig this. Uh, but don't let us spoil this for you, because, again, I went in knowing nothing about it, so whenever the weird stuff started happening and I was not prepared for it, I was like, wait, the fuck now? What? But even the trailer does not tell you how weird it got. Boy, it gets weird. Um, okay, so again, getting into spoiler territory here, this is part of a genre that is really blowing up right now across all different categories of movie. Which in the, I'm loving. It, yeah, very much. This is the, a... The anarchist in me is very happy. Fucking eat the rich movie. Oh my God, dude. Because this movie takes place, yeah, on this this you know super posh resort with all these mega rich people in this impoverished nation where... Basically, if you behave badly and break their authoritarian law... In in the trailer I saw, it says any law is punishable by death. Wow. Okay, yeah. See, again, I didn't see that one. I don't think they say that in the movie. Okay. In right. the movie, he says what you did is punishable What you did, right. So, in this movie, if you are a rich tourist that is visiting this place and you accidentally break one of their sacred laws that is punishable by death, they'll throw you in a cell and be like, hey, you deserve to die for what you did. Uh, But here's the thing. You're a rich tourist, so if you agree to it, we can make a clone of you that has all of your memories, kill them in order to retain the honor and dignity of the person that you offended, and you just go along with your business. We don't really give a shit. 
They just have to make a clone of you to do it. The son of whoever you offended. Like, well, in this case, he killed somebody. Yeah, he uh, hit a guy on a road. His headlights were malfunctioning. So he hit a, uh, a, a guy that was a farmer, right? Yeah, who had a family. Yeah, hit him, killed him. And so. Family found him. So yeah. the law was the sons get to murder you. And if the son, if the, if there are no sons, then the police will. But they had sons. So, so they get to kill the clone. So we got to watch a 12-year-old boy kill Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. And he gets to be in the room watching this clone of himself. He's required to be in the room. Yeah, that is part. You have to be in the room. To see this clone of himself get killed. And initially he is very shocked and upset to see himself getting murdered by this kid. But then by about uh, the second time around that this happens, it's just like, ah, what the fuck ever. Oh, wow, good job. You cut his throat. That's amazing. So cool. Anyway, let's just get drunk and fuck some shit up. Uh, because in this movie where you're super rich and uh, posh and elite and there are no consequences to your actions, sounds kind of like real life, and there are no punishments for anything that you do, these as people long as don't you can take... pay for it. Yeah, these people don't take anything seriously and they just start acting like absolute belligerent assholes and doing things like... Oh, let's raid the mayor's place and take this metal that he has and fucking fuck stuff up. It, it just really quickly turns into like Lord of the Flies with rich people. Yeah. Because they don't care. At one point the cop even says like, I'm tired of babysitting rich tourist children. Yeah. Because that's what they're doing. Yeah. And again, like this... They're just chaos. D- yeah, yes, because they have no consequences just for anything they do because they're rich. Hedonistic chaos. Yeah, total pieces of shit. But then the thing is, is that the pieces of shit are still pieces of shit and start manipulating Skarsgård and being like, hey, beat up this guy that has a bag over his head. Oops, it's your clone. Ha, ha, ha. We, Isn't we that paid hilarious? to make another clone. And then it turns out that like he's been their pawn the entire time. So apparently they do this every year. Yeah. They, they just find somebody to fuck with. Yeah. They go on vacation to this place, find somebody who they target as weak. In this case, it was Skarsgård. And fuck with them and make clones of them and treat them like shit because that's entertaining to them. Like he wasn't ever even part of this club anyway. Like... Uh, Mia Goth is all acting like she was trying to seduce him and she was interested she in him and all this shit. She succeeded in seducing him. Well, she sure did. She sure did. Caught him with that dick out and uh, just took advantage of things from there. And apparently this is just something that these people do. They go on vacation and they pick a, a rube and make them their plaything. And this is just what rich people do. They have no morals, no conscience, nothing and then, like, on their way out, like, as they're all leaving at the end of the movie, it's just like, oh, what are you going to do when you get home? Uh, I'm going to get some new curtains. Like, this is just fucking normal life to them. And Bill Skarsgård is like, what the vacation. fuck? Because yeah. the thing is, is, like, they make it clear in the movie that Bill Skarsgård is not a rich guy. He's a failing author that married a really rich woman. Right. And he just kind of gets dumped into rich people world where people just do this crazy insidious shit and don't even blink about it. This is a game to them. This is a vacation to them is to do heinous, awful shit. Right. And 
I mean, they have a good time the entire time. Even like when that one dude's walking around with a cane because he got he injured. doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he's still laughing and like antagonizing Skarsgård. I like that they did that as kind of a marker with his character too, because I started wondering through the whole movie, like, are any of these people actually the clones, and they don't know it? Like Blade Runner style? I mean, that still could happen. Like, that was part of the whole, how do you know it's you and you're not the clone? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It got a little Blade Runner-y there for a little while. It's like somewhere in between. I don't think this is comparable to Blade Runner at all. I'm not going to get on that. I don't know. I'm just, not going to climb that mountain with you, buddy. I, I, I just think that, 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 you know, question of like, am I real or not? If I just woke up today with all my memories, would I think I was the real me? Question. But it seems like in this movie that that's, everybody's real, I guess. That's the, um, oh no, what's it called? With the mer- When we merge with the computers. The Matrix, the singularity. Say, the singularity! It's that singularity talking, man. I'm but, telling you. Like, when that happens, like, are you you? Or are you a machine? What, like, if you upload your memories into a machine, is it still you? Who knows? We might find out soon enough. Oh, the natives are getting restless. Darla's over here getting riled up. Why are you guys talking into them microphones instead of petting on me? Let me play. That poor thing. You left me alone for two hours watching this crazy movie. Pet me, she says. It's okay. I got her. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. But yeah, this this very much explores that entire category of, yeah, eat the rich core that we're seeing in movies like Glass Onion, we're seeing in shows like, like White Lotus that you've been watching, right? I haven't watched it, but... Love like White Lotus. I wish, yeah. like, the first season was really good. The second season, I thought, was better. Um, Triangle of Sadness. I've heard that's very, yeah, the, Eat the Rich. Yeah, there was, like, three. Like, I mean, we named off three there's or a four bunch immediately. Of stuff. Yeah. Like, there's a ton right now, which the, the little anarchist that lives in my heart is very happy about it. And this is very much... A part of of that, I think it shows oh, hardcore, yeah. with Scarsgard like how easy it is to get wrapped up into this circle of just like, oh wow, this is cool. We do whatever we want, and there's no consequences. Well, because even his rich wife at one point is like, "You've gone off the rails. I'm leaving." Yeah, and he just keeps going with it, being like, "Oh, this is fun. I can do whatever I want to." And then by the end of the movie, he ends up back home, and he's just like, "What in the fuck was any of that?" The ending of the movie was pretty nihilistic. <laughs> oh man, that that ending was. Dork. Uh, yeah, yeah. Damn, dude. I loved it though. I mean, it was. I enjoyed it. It was good. I did too. I I can't wait to see it again. I want to see it again after I watch some like special features on it. If I can find some like stuff on the camera work specifically, mm-hmm. the soundtrack was like weird and jarring, Perfect. but like fit the mood perfectly. Yep, that was really cool, man. Uh, yeah. There's a whole lot of other, like, societal things, like, well, like, how they had, like, a Chinese restaurant, and, like, he was making fun of it at the beginning because the wife wanted to go try it, and he was like, why do you want to, whatever the name of the island was that they were on, he's like, we're we're in this place, why do you want to go eat Chinese? Like, it's not going to be any good. The fake cultural experience or something that he says on there. Yeah. Like, their, their waiter is this, like, super white guy wearing this, like mandarin ass costume with a a braided ponytail and shit like really 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 phony cultural experience and the masks 
those masks were really strange. So they created like part of the culture of this fake island was like these masks people wear during this time of year because they're about to hit their rain season, their monsoon season. And it's just, they're so crazy looking. Yeah. It's like garish. And I, I think there's got to be something to it. Like one of them they're had like a bunch Cronenberg of, looking. yeah, one of them had like a bunch of money coming out of its mouth, like a bunch of coins and stuff. Two faced. Yeah, Actually, two of them were two-faced because right. like, one was vertically two-faced and one was horizontally two-faced. One of them had all the, like, the holes in its forehead. Yeah, one was all sewn together. I think there's got to like, be wanna, a lot of... I want to look at those in detail. Right, yeah. There, there's got to be a lot of stuff that they're saying even just with the, the mask designs and everything going on in that. Fuck, man. God, it was weird. I just feel strange. We need to watch the Bob's Burgers? We probably might. Might need to watch some Bob's Burgers the, after little this. Little Bob Burger? We might do a little Bob Burger after this. I think that's probably a pretty good idea. Because it's already getting eh, somewhat late. It, it is. Case that's an hour time. ahead. I, oh, I know. I would be asleep if that was the real time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's getting a little bit late. So I think we're going to watch a Bob Burger and stuff. You got any other closing thoughts about this? Um, Not offhand. Because I mean, again, like it is really late and I'm pretty tired. And there's so much happening in this movie I would be afraid to speak about it without seeing it a second time because I don't want to mess anything up. I don't want to misremember something. It is eat the rich and ends with nihilism. Just all of the different clones, they're all fucked off. Like all of the sex scenes got crazy. Oh, those are weird. Like the orgies. And like Stuff going into stuff and some kind of gel coming out of a titty that was really not cool to me it was like eyes wide shut on acid yeah you know what it was yeah. like poor acid eyes wide shut yeah yes that is kind of what this is like i fucking love eyes it's wide like shut, though. it's like <laughs> eyes wide shut plus like maybe funny games plus like mandy plus cronenberg and you kind of end up here it does make me a lot more interested in possessor yeah yeah cuz I didn't know anything about Possessor, and it never really interested me that much. And then I get kind of mad at the whole nepotism of Hollywood, which is becoming more and more frequent as we've grown up. That Oh, you're related I'm, to somebody talented, therefore you get a movie. I kind of have a chip on my shoulder about it, I guess, of like... Well, he's the son. Like, of course, like, he's got money and he can make and, like, he's got his dad. Like, same thing with Joe Hill. Like, I'm going to write horror books. And it's like, fuck you. Of course you are. Your dad's Stephen King. Like, he's pretty good, though, man. That heart-shaped box is kind of a jam. <laughs> I hate how much I love that book. It's pretty fucking good, I man. read another one, too, that I absolutely love. I need to read Nosferatu. Yeah, I've heard that's that really yet. awesome. I want to check that out. But, you know, again, same thing with Brandon here. Like, well, he's pretty fucking good at what he's doing, man. Dude, and it's... It's still very, like, it's it's trippy horror, and it's a little body horror, but it it's still nothing like his dad. Like, his dad has his own path. Yeah, this is definitely a much more modern kind of vibe than what I get out of watching like, Videodrome or something like that, or The Fly. Right. Um, but still very socially aware. Yeah, which I like. I think that's cool. Oh, yeah. I... Again, I get kind of weird when people get too ivory tower speaking about movies, but this one's got a lot of it. Like, you could definitely write theses on this movie. Mm-hmm. Fucking rad. Mm-hmm. I will watch it again. 
I oh, I enjoyed it very much. I'm sure that we'll probably do this on the show at some point. Uh, and oh, I want to yeah. I want to know what. Oh yeah, he'll. Oh, you kidding me? Yeah. That guy, he don't like people with a bunch of money. He, he don't like them. <laughs> so he would probably do well with this. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it on the show at some point. So stay tuned for that one in a future episode of Dead and Lovely. Hopefully hopefully you guys have enjoyed this mini-sode that we have done on this thing. Rate review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you can write a review. Also be sure to leave graffiti in a bathroom saying, for a good time, listen to Dead and Lovely Apparently that podcast. works. Apparently it works. So I've seen at least three people say that's how they found the podcast. That's pretty cool. So I'm just <laughs> saying that's some good organic advertisement. So be sure to do that in your local uh, bathroom stall. Carry a sharp in your pocket so you can do that. And uh, yeah, tune in for the next installment of Drang and Langley. Thank you guys so much for listening. I've been Uncle Ben. And I'm Tanta Kate. And we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Bye. Bye.